You know, you would think that after years and years of gambling that I would know better than to brag to the extent that I did last week on how well things were going for me. Because humility certainly has a way of catching up to you, turning you around, and smacking you right in the face. This is the Sharp Square Podcast, Hindsight 2020. This one for not-so-lucky NFL Week 13. And, oh, it was a bloodbath yesterday for me. Cash games in the gutter. I was 0-4 on the day, including one of my bigger bets of the year. I absolutely loved the Denver Broncos. Contest-wise, me and Mike did okay. We were 2-2. Two and two. Both of our ultimate decisions failed to hit. But what do you know, we're able to grab an ugly Betty and a share of Square. So let's go over those things that went right, because I'm going to spend a little bit more time on one specific game today. Um, the Seattle Seahawks. That was a home run spot if I'd ever seen one. They have a positive history against the 49ers. They do really well. And it was just one of those moments where everyone, I mean everyone, was out on Seattle. And one thing you have to remember in gambling is it's not the total result that you're looking for. It's the momentary result. And the idea long-term is that Seattle is not going to be a good team this year. They're, they're going to have a losing record and miss the playoffs and will probably be an organization that goes through a major shakeup in the postseason. But all we're doing as betters is grabbing them in one-game samples. And Seattle's value had been beaten to the floor and after a couple good wins for the 49ers, their stock was through the roof. It was a classic buy low, sell high scenario. Me and Mike both saw it, and we were able to catch a win with the Seahawks. The other game we had was Washington. Now, the Washington game was absolutely crazy. Uh, coming towards the end of it, Washington has a kicker they get off the streets, makes a 48-yarder. Uh, that seemed like a game where it could have easily gone the other way. But we had some good points on Washington there. Uh, they played well defensively. The Raiders were horrendous on third down. That tells me that the pressure that we predicted was getting home. And, you know... It's not always straight contrarian play. Oh, the Redskins were good last week, so you have to fade them this week. Now, sometimes you have to jump on teams when they're running hot, and Washington is certainly a team that's running well. I want to get invested in them as much as I can now because who knows how long that'll last. Quickly about Mike's ultimate decision. You know, I don't like to spend 
too much time uh, picking on his games. He's not here to defend himself, but I mean, what's the defense when every time I bet against you in one of these, uh, I just always have the right side. Now, all kidding aside, I'm going to say this about Cincinnati. That's a team I want to invest in going forward because they came out, as predicted by me, flat in this game. A fumble and an interception on their opening two drives. Burrow hurts his throwing hand. I I believe it was his throwing hand, but they were getting trounced early. But they didn't give up. They battled back. They regrouped, and really, they were competitive to where the game had a chance at the end. They were getting it to within a score. So the fact that they started out so flat was something that I predicted, but I am constantly impressed with Cincinnati. They execute better than I give them credit for. And despite losing this game, I thought it said a lot about this team, how they didn't quit on this game. Uh, People will be looking to sell on Cincy because they lost. I think it's a good opportunity in the future to keep your eye out on some value in Cincinnati. Okay, Buffalo is tonight recording this on Monday afternoon, so we won't have the result of whether we were 3-2 and two or 2-3 two and three until tomorrow, but we got the Bills minus 2.5. I want to spend the rest of this time talking about my cash bets. And you know, here was one thing. I was live in every single game I had the underdog, And every underdog had the final possession of the game with a chance to score some more garbage than others. And those scores would have got me the cover. I didn't get home on any of the games, though. First of all, I tried to restrain myself from betting on the great Mike Glennon, uh, but I just liked the spot too much for the Giants. And, you know, I didn't think the Giants played too poorly in that game, but I got to start giving more and more credit. The Dolphins have found a way to make Tua work. Does that mean Tua is going to light it up? He's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback? He's a future franchise guy? No. But Miami is figuring out the best way to utilize him, and Miami, with their good defense is doing enough to win games. Now, my prediction yesterday had everything to do to do with the Dolphins being flat. They weren't flat at all, so I was off on that. That was a miss on me. Can't believe I played Game of Falcon against the Bucks again. Another game I had a chance to talk myself off of, but I fell in love with some stats that I looked up. Here's the deal. What's been so good for me over the past month has been my ability to walk away from games. And one of the things I was doing was I was walking away from a lot of these big underdogs because I wanted one thing in all the games. I wanted the favorite to possibly be a little flat. Now, I'd be willing to be wrong But I had to see a chance that they were flat. There was nothing indicating to me that the Buccaneers would be flat for this game. So for that reason alone, it was something I missed. 
that I could have walked from that game, should have walked from that game. Yes, there was an opportunity to get in it late, but the results speak for themselves. Bad pick for me on the Falcons. Okay, I I took the Bears yesterday against Arizona. I don't hate this pick. I thought that the Kyler Murray might show some signs of still being injured. I was dead wrong. He looked good. What I couldn't predict was Andy Dalton, despite the fact that he was helping the Bears drive the ball up and down the field, kept turning it over. Four interceptions for Dalton yesterday. I mean, the guy doesn't complete four passes to any one receiver on his own team, yet he's nailing everybody wearing red yesterday. It was just terrible. Here's the one thing I'll say, though. Who would have thought Dalton would have played so bad? The Bears were actually competitive in that game, so I had a chance to get home there. And I don't want to make excuses, but in hindsight 2020, you really have got to be honest with yourself. And that doesn't always mean bragging about how good your wins are. And it doesn't necessarily mean shitting over every game you lose. Because sometimes the games just don't work out, but it doesn't mean your handicap was that far off. In any normal game where Dalton's just his regular bad self throwing one or two picks, I think we get home on that game. But four picks, way too much. Give Arizona a lot of credit. It was cold, it was windy, and that desert team, they play physical everywhere they go. Really a little bit too underestimative of the Cardinals. That's my bad there. Um, okay, here's where I'm really just going to rant a little bit. I nailed the Denver game. I'm sorry, I did. I had that game pegged. Denver was the dominant team on paper. Every Monday, I look at the box scores from the game, and I'm looking at the Broncos' stats, and I'm wondering myself, how did the Broncos not win this game outright, but for sure cover an 8.5-point spread? And now, I give Vic Fangio... A lot of credit. I think Fangio is a very good coach. He's a defensive-minded guy. He comes up with game plans against some of this new uh, high-octane offense that works very well, very old school. But in this game, he didn't even listen to his own advice. Look, I wrote it in my notes. There was one way and one way only the Broncos were winning this game. It had to be a low-scoring defensive game. And Fangio knew that. Yet Fangio says going into halftime, oh, this is a game where I'm going to need touchdowns. No, you don't. This is not the Kansas City of yesteryear that's going to put up 35 to 40 points in every game. Kansas City only got to 22 with a horrendous, horrendous pick six thrown by Teddy Bridgewater. But here's the real shame in this game, and this is hidden stats you got to look at. When I'm looking at my box score, I could say to myself, well, here's the difference in the game. 
one turnover for the Chiefs, but three for the Broncos. And you're right, if not for that pick six, actually the Broncos were covering that game. But the truth of the matter was the Broncos had hidden turnovers in that game. When you're driving downfield and you're in the red zone, and it's fourth down and two, and you're passing on field goals, and you walk away on fourth down with nothing, that's a turnover. That is a turnover. It is no different from fumbling the ball or throwing it to the wrong color jersey. You're turning the ball over. And Denver turned the ball over twice in that game by not taking field goals. Think about the score in that game. Denver could have been right in it at any point, but they just kept falling apart because every time they got in the red zone and the Chiefs, give them credit, they were hunkering down. Instead of taking the points and letting your defense win the game, which Fangio's a defensive guy. He knew he had a good game plan. I mean, the Broncos executed as good as you could against the Chiefs, but he refused to let his defense win the game. He was insistent that he had to have touchdowns, and he was wrong. People, field goals are valuable. It's the oldest cliche in the book. The team that scores the most points wins the game. Well, you don't get broke making a profit. And field goals are profit. Three points at a time. Get two of them and it's a touchdown. I am so sick of watching these coaches. And it's a lot of the old school defensive minded guys thinking that they've got to score a touchdown on every possession. Yes, you're not going to win championships in this league, and you're going to have a hard time getting to double digits if you're a team that can't score touchdowns in the red zone. But please, sometimes when you dominate the clock, when you're moving the ball, when your defense is doing everything you can ask of it, take the three, take the field goal. It was irritating last night. It's my bad because I didn't see it coming. I did not see a Denver team accomplishing things that I thought they'd accomplish. And then instead of taking the give me points, instead settling for a turnover. It was an irritating game to watch. But here's the, here's the thing. I'm accepting my losses. My bad. I didn't pick games well yesterday. But I also see that I was not directionally off in a lot of games. I mean, I had four turnover Dalton. I had don't want to field goal Fangio. I'm not going to completely rip down to the studs. I'm just going to reorganize, trust that I'm still seeing the ball well, come back stronger next week. As for this one, hindsight 2020. Feel free to comment about how bad I am on Facebook. It's Sharp Square, and we'll see you next Thursday.